This is On Deck, conversations about entrepreneurship with Les Deck. Our guest this morning is Cindy Hesterman, the CEO of uh, Vistage Florida. Just to make sure that everybody understands uh, uh, our relationship, I was uh, a chair in that organization for many years, and uh, Cindy and I worked together in various ways. We were cooperating chairs as well as uh, we were a training team for a time. And last year, she became the CEO. So welcome, Cindy. Glad to have you here. Glad to be here, Les. Good to work with you again. Nice to see you. So I sent you a bunch of uh, questions. And as you know, I'm probably going to depart from those questions. Um, it wouldn't be characteristic of me not to. So um, I think it might be a good idea if you would uh, just tell the people who um, are tuning in to this podcast uh, kind of thumbnail of um, your career, where you, where you started, not uh, chapter and verse and company, but just uh, kind of uh, type and kind of the work that you've uh, done and how you got to work with uh, Vistage Florida in the first place. Sure. Yeah, so I started off as a CPA. Don't ask me any technical questions, though. That was a long time ago in public accounting back when it was the big eight. And that gave me exposure to a whole lot of businesses, which was a lot of fun. I always wanted to know more about how the businesses operated than how the accounting happened. I then left public accounting and went into private industry in a variety of industries and learned a lot there as well. And then I joined a Vistage group, a key group, which is for the per right-hand person in the business when I was CFO of one of the companies. And there we were faced with, uh, we were merging into a larger company faced with potential relocation. And I wasn't sure I wanted to move. And so I brought it to my Vistage group, my key group. And two individuals in that group said, you should stop being a CFO and you should run groups like these. And the rest of the group said, yeah, that'd be a great idea. And I thought, well, that's not my question. Thank you very much for your feedback. And that's not what I did right then. Of course, then five years later, as circumstances changed, I started thinking about that and thought, wow, that would be an opportunity to go see all those different businesses again and work with executives, which was one of the things I loved about public accounting. So I took a leap of faith and went out and thought, I've never done business development. I have to build a group on my own. And yet, if I can do it, great. If I can't, I can always go back and be a CFO somewhere. So I took that leap of faith and went out, built my first group, kind of taught myself business development. And after I got my first group, got my second group, my third group, ended up with four groups off and on, three and four throughout my 20 years, 20 plus years as a chair. And then that ultimately led to becoming CEO of the organization. So it was a little bit of a roundabout path. Uh, well, perhaps, but it seems um, from my perspective that it might be a bright, direct line toward that path. Could be. And so, as you look back on your vast experience at sharing, and I have to tell you that uh, Cindy chaired a number of groups, as well as having uh, lots of community responsibilities, and and as most entrepreneurs do and participating in training of new chairs all the time. So she was busy. And I'm sure uh, day one, you didn't think of ever being the CEO. Am I right? You're right. Not day one. 
However, uh, one of the owners of Vistage New Mexico reminded me that in 2003, when she and I had breakfast at a chair international chair conference, that she was pushing me for what is my BHAG, my big, hairy, audacious goal. And I told her it was to become president of Vistage Florida. Mm-hmm. Over the years, I forgot about that. And so when I became CEO last year and called her to let her know, she was so excited and said, do you remember when we were having breakfast back in 2003? And I had to say, I'm sorry, I really don't. And she said, yeah, that was your big, hairy, audacious goal back then. Don't you remember? And I said, I, you know, unfortunately, I don't remember. And now that you mention it, I do remember that conversation. And isn't that interesting that that was my big, hairy, audacious? And I thought it was big and hairy and really audacious back then because I was a relatively new chair and um, never would have imagined the path that I took to get here. Yeah. And then were there other people who um, recognized your capability along the way and said, maybe you should be uh, throwing your hat in the ring for CEO if it ever comes available? Yeah, you were one of them. Um, In our training sessions, I remember many late nights and early mornings when we would be having dinner or breakfast and you would say, hey, I really think you you should, you know, be CEO. And at the time it was being led by a family member of the the son of the former owner and I didn't think it was even possible. Um, So I never really gave it another thought. And then when he passed away very unexpectedly, um, I had a lot of other people from around the world reach out to me and say, you know, you should be considered. And yet the board made it made the right decision at the time, which was the very next day appointed a board member to be CEO. He had been a member for many years and had been on the board for many years. And it was just a very logical transition. So I didn't give it another thought until he decided he was ready to go back into retirement. He had come out of retirement to take the role. And then realized, hey, maybe I want to play a little more golf than I'm able to, and maybe I should start looking for my successor. And so at that point, because so many people had told me that I should throw my hat in the ring and be considered and that I would be able to do a good job, they had confidence in me. I thought, well, I guess I'll give it a shot. And lo and behold, they interviewed a number of people and I was the one chosen. So I appreciate the the nudge from people like you, because I don't know if I would have done it on my own had I not gotten that encouragement and support along the way. Well, uh, it takes people giving you a nudge sometimes. If you look back on those 20 years of uh, chairing and look for things that indicated that it was preparation for CEO, what would those things be? I think one of the things I love most about Vistage is the opportunity to meet so many different business owners and CEOs who do things differently and who have all kinds of life and business experiences. And so by helping them through some of the challenges that they faced, you know, I learned some best practices. I learned some ways to be resilient and some ways to look at the future and think strategically. And so I think that was a great preparation for this role. Uh, as CEO, because that's what we're forced to do, right? Create the strategy and the vision for the organization and then help everyone come along to, so we can achieve it. When you think of all those years of putting groups together, operating groups, aside from meeting all those um, CEOs and, you know, you've participated in best practices and learned best practices all the way through, what helped you most? Is it, um, is it that you learned to do 
your own business development or that um, you learned to um, organize because you had so many uh, groups? What curious as to what uh, what developed inside of you that um, you think was really valuable going into this role? I think the most, all of those things were valuable. Uh, and I think the most valuable thing was the ability to think of possibilities and to not let obstacles get in the way. Um, helping members be resilient when bad things happened to them or challenges faced them. And also my own challenges. During the Great Recession, I lost a lot of members and I took it personally. I felt that I had failed them. Um, and of course I didn't, their revenues went down 90% or 70% or something that was really pretty insurmountable. And yet I felt that as I had felt that I failed them upon reflection, I realized I had not. And yet I learned, okay, that happened. How do you recover? Do I rebuild this group that has now shrunk from 15 members to six pretty much overnight? Or what do I do? And my Parents instilled in me a never give up and um, a little bit of stubbornness. And so I thought, okay, well, this is just an opportunity to look at the world differently and to go out and recover and be resilient and move forward. And so I was able to do that and figure out a way to do that. So I think that served me well in this role because right not long after I became CEO, I was still managing two of my four groups and trying to transition those and Hurricane Ian hit the state. And we had a lot of members and a lot of chairs impacted significantly. And that was a test. And yet I knew, okay, we've been through worse before. We, you know, obviously, thankfully, none of our members lost their lives. Um, and none of our chairs lost their lives. That's, that's not easy to recover from. But certainly the financial losses and the property losses and things like that, which are challenging, you know, provide an opportunity for resilience. And so I could view it with the optimism of together we can get through this. Let's see what resources we can help them with. And we rallied the troops and actually rallied the troops from around the world in Vistage to pull together resources for those that were impacted most significantly. Um, and again, you know, I had a plan for what I would be working on and that got thrown out the window when that exterior force hit and took us off task. And yet it was exactly what needed to be done. So I think that, you know, being a chair and, and having those ups and downs over the years of groups growing and then groups shrinking as members moved on or sold their business really helped me understand that just focus on the end result and focus on what's most important and things will work out in the end. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, the the thought about uh, Hurricane Ian coming through, um, that's not a singular situation in Florida. Um, and Florida, of course, right. little peninsula hanging down into the ocean has uh, hundreds of miles of uh, coastline on both its um, east and its west coast and down around the tip. So um, it's never a question of uh, if there's going to be a hurricane in Florida. It's only when and where it's going to strike. And so it, it occurred to me uh, when um, I was uh, watching the last one come through that really went into an unpopulated area and didn't hurt anyone, um, that um, that is something endemic to Florida, um, a CEO responsibility that uh, if you were in, you know, if it was Vistage, Michigan, for example, or um, mm -hmm. New Mexico, that wouldn't be the case. Um, 
That's right. Yeah. So disaster preparedness and, um, you know, recovery plans and responsiveness and all of that becomes part of the strategy because it will happen again. And, you know, we can't stop them. I wish we could. I wish someone could invent a machine that blows them off course and off offshore. Um, and yet we know we're not there yet. So uh, in the meantime, how do we best prepare our members, prepare our chairs, keep them safe as much as we can, and then help them if they do experience loss? Yeah. Interesting. Um, so when you look at uh, the company now, uh, where, where it is and uh, where you'd like to take it, what are the primary things that uh, will challenge you? And uh, what are the primary things that will help you to develop the strategy to get you where you need to go? Yeah. And where is it that you need so to go? So the most important thing to me is maintaining Red Scott's legacy. As you know, Red Scott purchased um, what was then called Tech Florida, Vistage Florida, uh, back in, I believe, the 80s uh, or early 90s. And uh, he was a mentor to me. He was an amazing man. He was a member of a Vistage group in California since 1969 until his passing in 2013. So showed the power that Vistage can have on someone's life. Very successful and astute businessman and servant leader. And as a matter of fact, you and I both, Les, have received the Red Scott Award. And that was quite an honor for servant leadership. Um, very humbling. And so the most important thing for me going forward is that we continue to chair that our chairs continue to work with members to help them become thriving businesses and great humans, great leaders, and to become the best versions of themselves. And that that impacts all of their employees and those members' families as well. And that's part of the servant leadership and the legacy of Red Scott is having such a positive impact on the world. And that's really what I see Vistage does by working with those CEOs and doing coaching and bringing in speakers to keep them on top of the latest and greatest information and then having them work together in their groups to help one another when those obstacles come up and figuring out ways to take advantage of those possibilities and opportunities that are out there. And so the heart and soul of Vistage needs to be maintained. And I feel very responsible for that um, as we move forward. We do want to grow. We want to help more people become even better leaders. So work with even more successful business owners and CEOs to help them grow personally and grow their businesses. So growth is a big part of the strategy moving forward. And that's going to take an intentional chair recruiting strategy and chair training uh, Les and I used to do training that went away and we've been um, utilizing Vistage Worldwide's training, which is good. It's just that they do things a little differently than we do. And so we have to um, do some additional training when people come out of that training. So we're looking at that and determining, should we bring it back in house? What might that look like? And so those are some opportunities as well. New chairs, new markets. We have not had a strong presence in parts of the state, so we're exploring what that might look like and how we can tap into that. And then also looking at bringing back some of the programs we discontinued in the past. So we used to have a small business program, and I'm looking at bringing that back. I do believe, as does my team, that there's a great opportunity there to reach some smaller businesses who maybe couldn't afford a full day away from their business for a regular CE group and yet need that coaching and mentoring and guidance uh, and input of their fellow business owners. So we'll be looking at that that's, as well. That's excellent. Um, 
And I agree with you that uh, we were both uh, strong participants in the small business program. I had multiple groups in small business, and um, I considered it a farm club uh, for my CE groups. And uh, I think uh, a business, peer group business, uh, um, organized the way that you're talking about uh, really needs a farm club really needs to be able to reach down and take those smaller businesses uh, and uh, help them to uh, uh, do best practices and grow uh, and uh, really qualify to be uh, middle-sized business people. Yep. I remember the excitement of one of my small business members who really wanted to be in a CE group and I wouldn't let him join because he needed a lot of, he needed to develop a management team and, you know, some of the basics and, so I told him, you know, you, you're not ready. The group will eat you up. You need to be prepared before you can play in that club. And so he worked really hard to get there. And he was so excited when he finally had achieved the milestones that we'd established together for what it would take for him to graduate. And he was just, you know, like a kid who had gotten all the everything he wanted at Christmas. He was so excited to move up into the CE group. And, and he stayed in there for a very long time. It was very um appropriate timing for him to move to the CE group. And then he was able to really escalate his growth um, and enhance his growth and, and do it more appropriately and effectively and successfully than he would have if he had joined too soon. So um, that was fun to watch that, that growth and that excitement and, and how he thrived. And that's really my vision too: thriving members, thriving businesses, thriving chairs, thriving stakeholders in the business, all of the above. And how do we keep growing the economy in Florida and giving back to the communities that we're, we're living in and working in? Sounds almost like a 501c3 business. It isn't. It's a for-profit <laughs> business. I remember that the small business program um, was fairly intensively a training program. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you're taking in people who've started businesses in in um, the recent past many times uh, uh, with a uh, with a opportunity and um, interest in growing and um, and then a chair is uh, fairly intensively a teacher a professor uh, and then you may the, two days later in the week uh, take the same agenda uh, as a meeting agenda for a CE group, chief executive group, which tend to be businesses in the $50 million category and up. Um, and there you're a facilitator. Yes. Yeah. So uh, it's uh, um, the difficulty before was, uh, as I remember, getting chairs to play both of those roles. What's How are you, will you uh, respond to that challenge? Yeah. So one of the people I've hired since becoming CEO, and it was a fortuitous hire, she was doing the same thing in Vistage Peru and with Vistage Mexico and wanted to become a U.S. citizen. So she, uh, her boss at uh, Vistage Peru and Vistage Mexico reached out to me and said, hey, would you be interested? And I had met her and said, well, absolutely, let's talk. We don't have that position. I think it's a great position to recruit chairs. It, it aligns with my strategy. And so we've brought her on board and she's been a great resource because she worked at Peru for a couple of years and had some great insights into what worked well for them as well as the other Latin American countries. 
And she feels that it would be a great idea to bring on people just for SB. And so recruiting chairs who are only interested in working with those smaller businesses. And that way, um, it, we don't have the problem that you were mentioning, which is some people have a hard time shifting back and forth from that mentoring and facilitation role into just pure facilitation, um, which is what's needed for the CE groups. So hmm. I'm going to look at that strategy and we'll give it a try. And then we'll go from there. I do know that there are some existing chairs who are also interested in bringing back the small business program. So certainly if they had a small business program before, I'd be open to having them do it as well. But we may be going down a path where it's more one or the other with the chair recruiting because I know a, a, you know, a number of chairs only want to work with really large businesses and others have that heart for the, the smaller businesses because that's where their background was in. Well, and that's where the growth of uh, the economy in any state or in the entire um, country comes from. So small businesses just coming up and learning innovative processes, and then they go get bought by larger companies. Right. Or go buy other companies and become larger sure. themselves. Can be either way. Okay. So suddenly one day, um, everything uh, fell into place and you became the CEO with responsibility for guiding strategy. Um, and um, I'm wondering how that uh, sits with you. What was easy for you uh, and what is more difficult for you? Right. Well, what was easy was that I had been involved in the organization both as a chair and as a trainer for many, many years. And so I knew the chair experience and I knew immediately which things I would work on enhancing <laughs> for the chairs to continue to thrive and benefit. And so that was easy because I had already a playbook in mind for that. I also was aware of many of the not weaknesses, but opportunities that existed to grow and become a stronger organization. I wasn't aware of all of them, however. So getting into that role, it was a little eye-opening. I've commented to someone recently, it was a bit like the Wizard of Oz. Our internal team has done such a great job with such limited resources that they're a bit like the wizard behind the curtain. You know, from the outside, everything looks great and smooth. And behind the scenes, they're, you know, frantically turning the wheel to keep things moving. And so I quickly recognized that some of the initiatives I wanted to do wouldn't make sense until we shored up our technology internally to make them, to make our internal team a little bit more efficient. So I've had to, I had these great plans in this first year plan that I've had to put a little bit on hold for some of the growth because I want to make sure we can handle the growth and still maintain that high level of customer service that we're known for. So um, the strategy is there. The strategy is somewhat started. In many cases, it's on hold until I can really get things internally humming and working really smoothly. We also were understaffed, so I had to focus on hiring as well. So I've hired some additional folks and we're growing the team so that we can then sustain the growth plans that we have. So um, the, the strategy part was easy because I knew the organization. What I've learned is the implementation is not so easy when there's some other things we need to do first. And I've learned a bit of patience. 
along the way. Patience. <laughs> I know. Yeah. What is that? I'm I'm a go, let's go, we can do it kind of person, and um, I've had to learn learn some patience. You know, I think it is interesting. I don't know if you're familiar with Patrick Lencioni's Working Genius Assessment. Yes. My my two top working genius areas are innovation and discernment. And so the innovation was where the strategy came in. I could think of the possibilities. I'm also a kind of into the future thinker. And so I had, you know, kind of a vision that was pretty easy to put together because of my knowledge of the organization. And then I also have the discernment to recognize, okay, time to slow down, time to make sure we, you know, we do this the right way. So not necessarily the fastest way, the right way. So we've done a lot of initiatives that have helped us internally. We just rolled out an online member application. We're getting ready to launch a member portal where they can update their credit card information or their bank payment information themselves and have access to their invoicing and all of that, which I think is a great enhancement for the member experience and also for the staff experience. Um, and so, you know, some of the things are are underway and others are on hold, like the small business program I had hoped to get started on earlier this year. And it's more of a third and fourth quarter initiative, actually fourth quarter initiative at this point. Good. I think it's a good move. So uh, Vistage Florida and Vistage um, International uh, has uh, uh, over the uh, decades that it's been in operation, been a person to person business and mm -hmm. continues to be a person to person business. Um, you just mentioned some uh, moves in technology um, that were indicated that you're making. And um, during uh, the pandemic era, um, we all learned to operate at uh, some distance uh, in a, a video conference. Um, wondering what your future is for that. Is, uh, is uh, the peer group industry likely to move toward uh, video conferencing? or offering a video conferencing um, option? Or what does that look like to you? Yeah, so we actually just had this discussion at our last board meeting. Um, we are all firm believers in the value of the in-person experience. And so we really do want to keep, and that's part of Red's legacy, right? That in-person experience for our members. It's interesting, I know a number of chairs throughout the country who rolled out the online experience during COVID and they were in areas where they were kind of stuck with that for a lot longer than we were here in Florida. Florida opened up pretty early. And so my members, for example, started meeting in person again in July of 2020. Whereas I was talking to a chair from Oregon who was just finally able to do that a year and a half later um, because it was against the law for them to meet in person. So many of those chairs not many, some of those chairs decided they were going to continue the online experience. And I've just recently spoken with all of the chairs who had told me that, and they've gone back to in-person because they've recognized that something was missing, that deep connection was missing when people were not able to be in the same room together. So I think it's great for learning. Uh, you know, we're doing some chair training uh, via Zoom so that we don't have to all spend time getting together. We're doing some additional opportunities for our members. Vistage Worldwide has a lot of webinars for members, and that way members from around the world can participate. And that's a great platform for that kind of thing. But for the real nuts and bolts of what we do in those full day group meetings, nothing replaces being in person. Okay. Well, um, Cindy, 
we always had fun in the things that yeah. we did. Um, what what you're doing is, um, you know, very in, intelligent and appropriate, um, in my judgment. What are you doing that's fun? What am I doing that's fun? Well, I'm having a lot of fun building the team internally. I have some younger folks on my team who are just eager to learn and eager to grow, and it's been fun watching their excitement. And similar to my member that was an SB member and wanted to become a CE member, you know, these people are moving into higher level roles with higher level thinking, and it's just their excitement is contagious. And so it's been fun working with them. It's been fun working with some of the longer time employees who are also embracing these changes and keeping it fresh. Um, we're, you know, we're doing a lot more things as a team. We're, we're cross-training a bit more so that people can go on vacation and not have to worry about twice the work when they get back. And that's kind of fun too, to see how that's impacting the culture in a positive way. We had a great culture before, so it's just additional enhancements. So it's also been fun to, to get out. I've attended almost all of the summits. The only one I missed was when I had a conflict with another conference that I had previously committed to. And I plan to attend most of the summits this fall as well. And so getting out there and meeting some of the, the members, spending time with the chairs and, uh, you know, hearing directly from members is very valuable. So that's been fun as well. I've heard some great things from our members. They're very passionate about Vistage and love what love being a member and love their chair and love their group. So that's very rewarding as well. A couple other things uh, that, that does sound like fun. Getting out with uh, uh, with the actual members and potential members is a great way to learn. Um, ear to the market. A, a couple of things that occur to me is over the last several years, prior to your coming in as CEO, um, the company um, was not attracting or maybe not even intending to attract um, uh, much by way of uh, executive talent that would be able to uh, form an executive team around and behind a CEO. Um, uh, what are you doing about that? Are you Is that your intent? Is that your future? Yeah. So I actually have been interviewing this past week and this week someone for a director of operations role, which is something that I really am looking forward to. I knew for about a year that I needed that person. I just wasn't sure exactly what I needed. So I wanted to be intentional before I created a job description. And so we started looking about a month and a half ago. And I've been interviewing last week and this week and have two great candidates as a result of that. So I'll be making a decision on that role in the next week or two. And that's exciting. Um, I have a new controller who is also... Uh, a great hire. She is very excited about the changes that we're implementing, some of the improvements that we're making. She's very experienced, very knowledgeable, and you know has a great attitude towards change. Um, and then I've promoted some of our internal people as well. And so our speaker coordinator is now a manager and part of the management team. And so we're really creating that strength around me um, to help me take this to the next level, which again, we learned many years ago when we first became chairs and started working with CEOs that if they didn't have a strong management team, they were only as good as the hours in the day. And, uh, you know, you need to get some people who you can delegate to and they can take it from there. And as I mentioned, I have some great other team members 
who are just really good at what they do and others who are learning uh, some new things and, and growing into positions. So lots of opportunity to focus on the internal team and, and building that bench strength. Exactly what's needed there. Yep. Um, so if you look uh, five years down the road, what does that look like for the company? Um, give us a, a, a fun thumbnail sketch of what you um, what will be there if you achieve your dreams for both the company and for you. Right. So the the vision is thriving businesses, very successful businesses, continuing to grow. Every interaction with our chair and with the staff is a positive, frictionless experience, making it a great place to be. Our chairs are happy, which happy chairs makes for, a de- again, a great company. And we have a significant increase in the number of chairs in new markets so that more people throughout Florida are benefiting from participating in what Vistage Florida has to offer. Uh, I have a strong management team and a strong team with a great culture. It's the best places to work in Jacksonville. And, you know, we continue to be on the best places to work going forward. This is my vision. We aren't there yet. (laughs) Um, But that great culture and that the shareholders are also very happy with the results of the profitability and the focus on quality. And we're very blessed that the shareholders are really driven by that quality experience and that Red Scott legacy more so than just financial. So that's imp- that's important to me, and that's important to the the board and the shareholders as well. So, in a nutshell, we're all thriving. Good, that's terrific. Um, you and I used to teach people to do um, their elevator speech, uh, and in the interest of a little bit of promotion for Vistage Florida, uh, why don't you give us your elevator speech and? Uh, tell us the easiest way for folks who qualify to be members in Florida, easiest way for right. them to find you. So for successful leaders who want personal and professional growth and accountability, you can join Vistage Florida. The best way to do that is to inquire online at vistageflorida.com. And we'll have a chair reach out to you and talk to you about whether or not it's a good fit. Not everybody makes a good Vistage member, so it is not a, a an open invitation to join. It does take someone who's going to give and take um, the feedback and is coachable. And so, you know, these are people that want to grow and want to grow themselves as well as their business. Good. Thank you. You, 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 you passed the um, elevator speech contest right there. It's been a while since I've said it. So, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, thank you for being with us this morning. It's just been great to talk with you, uh, Cindy, and learn what you're doing at Vistage Florida and um, how that brings members forward and helps them to achieve their business goals and uh, actually their personal dreams and to become better citizens and better leaders. So um, I'm sure a lot of people will uh, like that message. Um, it's most unusual to find a company that starts out when I ask what the future is, starts out with uh, the idea of servant leadership, uh, unless they're a not-for-profit company. And that is a big part of who we are. That was a big part of who Red Scott was, and that's a big part of who we will be going forward. One of the benefits of being privately held is that we can continue to 
enhance that um, without regard to, again, being only driven by numbers. And um, so it's been a, a blessing to work for this particular organization, and I hope we can continue to enhance the lives of all those we touch. Excellent. Thank you. Thanks again. This has been On Deck with Les Deck. Thanks for listening. In each episode, we uncover wisdom you can use to grow your business. If you want to learn more about leadership team coaching, visit us on the web at lesdeck.com. If you have questions or anything else you want to say, email us at les at lesdeckconsulting.com. Don't forget to click that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. This is a Les Deck production. Thank you.